Okay, well, today we're going to do something slightly different, and uh, today you have two preachers. So uh, I haven't pre-warned Alan of this, but there's two preachers, so that means double the length, but possibly only half the anointing. <laughs> are you, are you, right, okay, yeah. lovely. So... Um, <laughs> So yes, so today Sally and I are going to preach on the gifts of the Spirit. So when, uh, when we were talking about what we wanted to preach on, um, you know, we, we thought, well, it's Pentecost, so we need to talk about gifts of the Holy Spirit. We need to talk about who the Holy Spirit is. What does he do? You know, why was he sent? And, uh, and then when uh, Dave Campbell started last week, I, suddenly I'm sitting there thinking, oh, is he going to do our sermon? Um, but no, this is very much the second half. So last week, Dave Campbell almost started. It's funny how these things work out. So this is very much a part B to Dave Campbell's part A from, from last week. Okay? Now, we are both doing this. This might seem a little strange to have two people up the front preaching. I'm not just standing here to look after him. <laughs> She's going to kick me right. She's going to kick me when I start going off topic. Um, but we've, we, we wanted to almost invite you to, uh, to one of our conversations. That's kind of how we've structured this. Uh, so we'll, yeah, we might nip out and have a coffee and we'll be sitting talking about something. And this is very much the sort of thing that we'll talk about. Sally brings the word and then I kind of do as I'm told. Um, but uh, that's, that's how today is, uh, is going to work. Um, so... I'm going to hand over to Sally, and she's going to carry on. I am. Have you got the clicky thing? I've got the clicky thing. <laughs> Kate's in charge of the technology. You always play to your strengths. That isn't mine. So, we, like Kate said, we're going to be talking about um, the gifts of the Spirit. We're going to be talking about what they are um, and what we, what we can do with them. But actually, before we start that, I actually want to rewind a little bit, because I want to paint a picture of where where the gifts of the Spirit fit in to the whole story of the Bible and the whole story of Jesus. I'm not going to give you the whole story because we haven't quite got that long. But we are going to start quite back at the beginning in Genesis 1. Um, And this is verse 28. And it says, And God blessed them. That's Adam and Eve, mankind. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on earth. So here we have this picture. God has created the earth. He has, he has finished his creation. He's made mankind in his image, and he's made mankind to be the rulers of earth. So we are the only part of God's creation that are his image bearers. We were the only part of creation created to rule that creation, to have dominion over it. And when we talk about godly dominion, that's power and authority to bring freedom, to bring life, to bring order. It's not about having control over people or over things. It's not about domination. It's about, it's about having the authority to bring the rule of God into a situation. And that is what we were created for. And it says that God blessed them. Now, the word that's used for blessed is usually used for our response to God. And it talks about kneeling down and honoring. And it, but here, it's saying that this is what God did to man. God honored man in the work that he had given man to do. He is saying that I have made you rulers over this earth, and I am honoring you in that. It's not saying that God is raising man above himself. There is still that divine order, but God honors the work that he has given man to do. And also in that blessing, there is an invoking of divine favor. So man is created to rule under the favor of God. So what happened? What did we do with our divine favor? What did we do with our dominion, our power and authority? Well, we gave it all up for a piece of fruit that looked nice to eat. We gave it up for a false promise. That false promise was that if we ate that fruit, we would become more like God. And in actual fact, we became less like God because we came out of that divine order. We became more like the rest of creation. 
So let's fast forward to the solution. (laughs) So skipping a little bit of the Bible, we're going to move to Matthew 28. And this is, this is what we know as the Great Commission. And it says, and Jesus came and said to them, that's his disciples, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father of the Son, and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And we, could, we, we, we know this is the Great Commission, but in some senses, this is Jesus recommissioning man, giving him back that authority. So that authority we gave away at the, at the end of Genesis 1, we, oh, sorry, Genesis 3. We gave that authority over to Satan to have rule over this, uh, the, uh, this part of creation. And Jesus came, and when he died on the cross... He took back that authority. Now, we sing that song, don't we, that has the line in it about a battle in the grave. Now, I love the song, but that line, we've got to have the right picture. We can sometimes think, oh, yeah, there must have been that battle with angels and demons and two parties together, equals coming together and fighting and seeing who wins. That's not what happened. Jesus and the devil are not equal. It is like an ant and an elephant, if only more so. That battle, I think, looked like Jesus descending into hell, walking up to Satan, going up to him and to get to the keys of the kingdom and just saying, mine. That's, and in fact, Satan was probably cowering because he knows who Jesus is. And so what has Jesus done with these keys? So we find this out in uh, Matthew 16. And it's, uh, this is a conversation between Simon Peter and Jesus. And he says, Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I tell you, You are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Jesus is giving the power and authority back to us so that we are the ones who take take that rule, that heavenly rule, and make earth a reflection of heaven. David mentioned last week that when God is sitting on his throne, he's got it's a finished work, and it's also a place of his rule. Jesus sat in heaven when he ascended to heaven. I'm going to come on to this verse again in a minute. But when he sat in heaven, he ruled. But it also says that we are seated in heavenly places. We are also ruling under Jesus. We're back into that divine order. But we have the keys to release heaven here on earth. But I want to just look a little bit at this word. Because Jesus is built, said he will, I will build my church. Now, I am not a student of Greek. But this word is really quite important. The word church comes from the Greek word ecclesia. Now, often when we look at what ecclesia means, it will say church or holy gathering. But that is not what it meant to the people that Jesus was speaking to. The ecclesia in Greek times had a specific meaning. It was a gathering of citizens of the city who were responsible for governing, for declaring war and military strategy. Jesus is building his ecclesia, his citizens of heaven, who he is creating to govern, to have responsibility, to have military strategy in the spiritual realms. He has given us those keys for on earth. So how do we do that? (laughs) Because that's quite a big job. So skipping on to Acts, please. (laughs) So Acts 1 it says, but you will receive power when, you rec- when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. 
And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. And then just moving on to Ephesians 4. And it says, therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. So Jesus has just conquered death. He has died. He has dealt with sin. He has been raised again. He has been down to the depths of hell. He has taken back the keys of God's, of the kingdom. And he has ascended on high. He has ascended back to the throne room of heaven. That throne room that when we read that is, is surrounded by hosts of angels. It's surrounded by unimaginable creatures. And he is seated on the throne. The highest place ever. (laughs) There is no higher throne than that. And what does he do when he sits on that throne? He gives gifts to men. That is what the Bible says Jesus did as he sat on the throne to reign. He gave gifts to men. So we need to think a little bit today about what we're going to do with those gifts. What did that look like on earth? And so here we come to Acts 2. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues of fire appeared to them. And they rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And as we read further through Acts, we see that this is not a one-off. And as we read further through history and as we look at our own experiences, this was not a one-off. This is still happening today. I'm going to have to keep. So, Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost. And we see in Acts, we see that Holy Spirit filled the disciples. Now, we, we sometimes get this, uh, we can, it's easy to get this a bit mixed up. It's very, you know, there is scripture that says that no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And so it's very easy to think, well, I, I believe in Jesus. I've given my life to Jesus. I've been baptized in water. So therefore, I must have everything because it's only through the Holy Spirit that I can get to that point. And that is absolutely true. But there is a difference. When we're talking about baptizing, when we're talking about being filled as on the day of Pentecost, something extra happened. It wasn't just a guiding by the Holy Spirit into the things of God. It was an immersion. So Sally, would you mind grabbing the sponge and the jug of water? Now, if Sally puts the sponge on top of the water, yeah, the splash stone is the front row, I hasten to add. If Sally puts the sponge on the... It it floats, okay? Now, if this was a river, we couldn't get a river through here. Um, If this was a river, the sponge would be being led by the river, the guided by the river. And that's what Holy Spirit does. He takes us into the presence of God. He, He guides us. He takes us to that point where we can only come before him in humility and repentance and say, I want you to be my Lord. That is what the Holy Spirit does. But then there is more. And this happened on the day of Pentecost. And this has happened for many, many of us over through our Christian walk. And that is that we get plunged into the Holy Spirit. And that is what we mean by baptism. The sponge is in the water. When I'm baptized in Holy Spirit, I am in Holy Spirit. I am plunged into God. But if Sally were to lift that sponge out now and hold it over Alan's head, we'll find out very quickly (laughs) that there is also water in the sponge. And that is the other part. This is the baptism in the Holy Spirit is an amazing exchange of I get put plunged into Holy Spirit. I get plunged into God. But God comes and dwells within me. He lives within me. And so we've got this dual thing going on. I'm in the Holy Spirit and Holy Spirit is within me. And as we do that, so we have these gifts made available to us that we're going to talk about in a mo. 
But I've got a little message for you all. Now, some people, now especially the student community, you will get people say to you when you start talking about the charismatic, when you start talking about the filling of the Holy Spirit, people will say to you, well, you're just after an experience. Well, you know what my response is to that? Bring it on! I want more! I want more of that experience! Because what I'm experiencing is being plunged into God. The one who created the heavens and the earth with a word from his mouth. The one who threw the stars into the sky. The one who breathed life into us as people. The one who walked on earth, died on a cross, rose victorious, ascended to heaven, and is now seated in the heavenly places. Holy Spirit is God. So yes, if I am being plunged into him, and someone accuses me of just being after an experience, absolutely, (laughs) I want more of that experience. I want to experience everything that God has got for me. Because it's not God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. It's God. And the Holy Spirit takes us into the heavenly places and allows us to have have, have that kind of day-to-day communion with Father. Jesus made it all possible through his death and resurrection on the cross. Father, he, he allowed all this to happen. It's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, a trinity coming together and I can be plunged into that trinity. So yes, I want to be accused of going after an experience because that experience is God. Uh. Amen! (laughs) Now, we... um, Just lost some place, got a bit carried away. Um, Now, let let me make this absolutely clear. The gifts of the Spirit are there for a reason. The gifts of the Spirit are there to enable us to walk in power. We cannot fulfill the Great Commission fully without operating in power. And that power comes through operating in the gifts of the Spirit. Now, I said that part of this was going to be a bit of an insight into what Sally and I might talk about over a cup of coffee. And so we were thinking about this. And uh, and we said, well, you know, the, 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 the... in the Bible, we see that Jesus did an awful lot of stuff. I mean, was it, it's at the end of John. It says, and all the books on earth could not hold all the amazing things that Jesus did. And then we see the apostolic church. Dave Campbell mm. talked about the apostolic church last week. We see the apostolic church doing amazing things as the Spirit enabled them. And Dave spent quite a bit of time talking about how even as the shadow of Peter passed over someone, so they would be healed. We see hankies being taken and aprons and all that sort of stuff and being laid on the sick and healings happening. Amazing stuff. But Jesus said, before he ascended, greater things than I you will do when my Father sends Holy Spirit to dwell within you. But what do we see when we look at history? Well, we might see something that looks a bit like this. There have been times when the church has kind of been a bit, you know, it's just kind of been there. And then a revival happens and we start seeing the miraculous and we see amazing things. Now, this is not necessarily theological. It's not, I'm sure Ray with his church history might want to correct this. But as I look at church history, I see times of great revival. I see times of the miraculous. I see times of God moving in great power. But I also see times when that didn't happen. Is that what Jesus intended? Is that what Jesus meant when he said, greater things you shall do when my Holy Spirit comes upon you? Should it not be that? Where we carry on, where we just, you know, we do. But then Jesus said, greater things you shall do. So should it be that? (laughs) Half an hour on PowerPoint yesterday. Okay. John wants more. So as the church has grown, as the church has spread across the face of the earth, and as we all, the gathered church, 
move in, in, in the power that Spirit gives us the opportunity to move in? Should it be that? As we see God moving in power in our midst, we shouldn't limit ourselves to just occasional revivals and outpouring. We need to look for God to move in power in our lives. And it is through operating in the gifts of the Spirit that this becomes possible. So, Jesus said, just remember this, Jesus said, greater things than these you shall do. And he also said, and the increase of his government will know no end. Okay? So what do we do? Okay? Jesus has ascended, as Sally says, he's ascended. He sat down, he said, Father, I now want to give the Holy Spirit to my disciples, to the church. Because without Holy Spirit, without us, our spirit dwelling within them, they cannot survive. So God the Father says, Holy Spirit, be poured out upon them. So on the day of Pentecost, Holy Spirit arrives in power. And we see all that we saw in Acts. Now let's bring it to us today. What do we do with Holy Spirit? What do we do when it comes to thinking about these gifts of Holy Spirit? Tongues, prophecy, interpretation of tongues, faith, the miraculous. Well, sometimes when the gifts are made available to us, we can have one of several different responses. So, unfortunately, I don't want to bring anyone into a place of condemnation. I want to bring people to, if this is you, I want to bring people to a place of challenge for us to think, what is it that God is giving to me today? So I've got a gift. I'm going to give this gift of the Holy Spirit to Sam. Sam, come and get. So I'm God. I'm giving this gift (laughs) of the Holy Spirit to Sam. Sam, come and get this gift. I've got this gift for you. It's an amazing gift. (laughs) Put it down there. He might change his mind after he's heard the rest of the sermon. Okay, right. Sometimes when we think about the gifts of the Spirit, sometimes we look at them and we think, that gift's not for me. Yeah, I don't, I don't want that gift. It doesn't fit with my personality type. It doesn't fit with who I am. I don't want that gift. That's a bit weird. I don't want that gift. That is not, you know, Jesus, he died. He rose again. He ascended. He said, I've got this amazing gift for you. And we sometimes say, that gift's not for me. Thank you, but no thank you. Some people respond slightly differently. So, Timmy... Where are you, Timmy? Timmy, I've got a gift for you. Um, This is an amazing gift. I want to give you the gift of tongues. So, Timmy, come and get your gift of tongues. This is for you, right? This is for you. This is just for you. I want you to take this gift. Yeah. Don't matter. We'll work it out together. Yeah. Go for it. We'll... You open it, and we'll work it through together. We will explore, remember I'm God, we will explore (laughs) this gift together, okay? Right. Okay, he's going for it, he's opening it. We're going to work it out together, don't worry. We're going to work it out together, okay? There is a third response. Bethany! Where are you, Bethany? I've got this gift for you. (laughs) Thank you, guys. (laughs) You've got some tidying up to do now. I think I have. Now, the purpose of this is really just to say, you know, when the the gifts are given to us, for us to be able to fulfill what God has called us to do, okay? We might be nervous. That's absolutely fine. We might not know how to operate in that gift. That's fine. Holy Spirit will take us through that. Holy Spirit will show us how to use the gift, okay? We should leap forward. We should go for it. Paul says, eagerly desire, 
we should eagerly desire like Bethany did, but we shouldn't just turn our back on it. Now, I know Sam doesn't turn his back, but we shouldn't just turn our back on the gift, because that, that would be wrong. And I think sometimes the word gift actually can cause us a bit of an issue, because we, we see in Scripture it talks about gift. In Corinthians, Paul talks about gifts of the Spirit. I just want to use this little analogy. If my kettle breaks, then I cannot make a cup of tea. Okay? You might think, where's he going with this? If my kettle breaks, I cannot make a cup of tea. I cannot keep Sally going with cups of tea. Right? That's part of what I do in our relationship. It's I keep the most important thing. <laughs> now, if Alan gives me a kettle, to Alan, it's a gift. Yeah? Alan has given me a gift. To all you guys looking on, Alan has given me a gift. To me, as the recipient of that gift, it is a tool. A tool to be able to make cup of tea. Keep Sally happy. Gifts of the Holy Spirit are exactly the same. To God, they are gifts. To each of us, and to Paul, as the writer of Corinthians, looking at the Corinthian church, he's seeing them as gifts. But to the Corinthian church themselves, they are tools to enable them to fulfill the Great Commission and live in the power that God wants us to live in. That's what the gifts of the Spirit are. They are tools for us. And we chose swords because those tools are weapons, and they're weapons with the power of heaven behind them. I've lost where we are. There we are. (laughs) We're going to 1 Corinthians now. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to spend just a moment looking at what the different gifts are, and we're going to just kind of do a brief overview of of what they are and how we might use them. So looking at 1 Corinthians 12, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit, and there are, are varieties of service, but the same Lord, and there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another the working, sorry, so to another faith by the, the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another the working of miracles. To another prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as as he wills. Now, there's a couple of things I want to point out about this passage. First is the context of this passage. Paul is dealing with the church in Corinth where there was a lot of division. There was a lot of pride. And there was a lot of misuse of the spiritual gifts so that people could build their own reputations. So he was talking to a church where actually there there was not a lot of honoring going on with those gifts of the Spirit. People were fighting for attention. And so sometimes we can look at this and we look at the... The, the order that Paul is bringing, and actually we've taken it too far. We've taken it back so that actually there's very little of this going on. And fortunately, I think we're going the opposite way um, on Sunday mornings. I don't think the point of this passage is that, Ian, you can have this gift, Alan, you can have that, but you can't have each other's. I think the point of this is there are lots of gifts and they are available to everybody. The the picture that Paul is painting is that actually, as the body of Christ, we work as a team. That might be a team of two or three. And in that context, you haven't got enough people for everybody to have one each. You need people. We all need to be ready to step into all these gifts because God is not holding back from us. He's not holding these gifts back and saying, no, that's not yours. It might be that we use some gifts more than others. But we are all, we are all qualified to use all the gifts. So we're going to have a a moment where we're going to look at some of those. You're going to start that off. Um, We're going to take each of the different ones. We've grouped some together for for uh, time purposes. But Keith, tongues. 
Yeah. Tell us about that. Right, so <laughs> tongues and interpretation of tongues. Tongues is a prayer language given to us by the Holy Spirit. And it enables us to surrender our own agenda in prayer and submit our prayer to what Holy Spirit wants to pray through us. Tongues is, is, it's just an amazing gift. If you speak in tongues, I would encourage you to do so every single day. Okay? Mm-hmm. This is not a gift for the occasional use. Mm-hmm. This is a gift for every single day. What does the Bible say about tongues? It is for building us up. Why do we need building up? We need building up because there is a world out there that needs to be saved. And if mm-hmm. we operate in the gift of tongues for ourselves, we will build ourselves up and we can go out there and operate in the power that God wants us to operate in. Now, on a Sunday morning, we sometimes have an interpretation, a tongue and interpretation. And actually, I did that last week. And uh, that was the first time I'd ever come up here and actually brought a tongue and an interpretation. I didn't know the whole of the interpretation. I had the first line. Alan said to me, what have you got? I said, I've got a tongue. He said, excellent. He said, have you got the interpretation? I said, I think so. Because I had only the first line. But I knew that God would fill in the gap. He would fill in the rest. What happens when we speak in tongues? We are built up. That could be individually. That can be communally when the interpretation comes. But what we found last week, or certainly it might be my imagination, but what we found last week was that the whole thing just lifted a notch. And that wasn't because of me. It wasn't because of anything I did. It was because of the tongue and the interpretation just taking us into the next stage of what God had for us on the Sunday. So tongues and interpretation of tongues, really, really powerful, so that we can step into all that God has got for us. Now, some people will say to me, but I haven't yet received the gift of tongues. So my response is, okay, keep pursuing it. Don't give up. Keep pursuing. But the thing that you may need to do is you may need to disengage your brain. You might be sitting there thinking, I don't have two-minute tongue that I need to give. When I started speaking in tongues, I had one word, and that word was shalom, which apparently means peace. I had one word, and I just used to say that one word, and then gradually other bits got added, okay? So disengage your brain a little bit, because, you know, if you're thinking, right, I, I, you know, I've got to work it all out, well, you can't, because that's the whole point. It's you, your <laughs> spirit, communion with God's spirit, okay? And the other thing is, you don't wait for like a before you start speaking in tongues. With me, I was in the hall in my house and I was prayed for and I had this word and I thought, well, I've been prayed for speaking in tongues. God wants to give me this gift of tongues. I've got this one random sort of soundy word. Well, I'll just speak it out. And so I spoke it out and that's where my gift started. I wasn't like, or anything like that. It's just, that's up the other time. But that, you know, that was just the one thing. Okay. Okay, so the next, I'm going to group together prophecy, words of knowledge, and words of wisdom. They are slightly different, but they're, they're essentially, they're all gifts where we hear the voice of God for somebody else. Um, and that is always to encourage, to, to uplift the church, to bring edification, and to bring comfort. And I just want to, we're going to share some testimonies just of how kind of we've, we've seen these things impact us or impact what we were doing. Now, what prophecy can do is it can take something from it just being a doctrine in the Bible that we know to actually being something that we know. Now, we know God's everywhere, don't we? We know that. We know he speaks to everybody. We, yeah. he's got, he covers the whole earth. I had a, um, a, an encounter where I was on a Zoom call. And a guy on the Zoom call started prophesying over me. Now, what, started, what happened in that, in that prophetic word that he brought that completely blew my mind was the fact that he repeated every question I had sat that morning on my bed on my own and asked God. He'd never met me before, and on this call, he was in California, so God was sitting with me on my bed in Durham, and then he took what he heard, he took it all the way around to California, and he told this guy, and that was just, I just thought, 
God, you really are everywhere. And you, you really do listen to me. And you really do speak to him. <laughs> and it just, it, it, even more than kind of what, what was said in the prophecy, just the impact of who God is, how intimately he cares for us. And it, that just blew my mind. But it drew me into God. It drew me back to worshipping him. And it, it, it reestablished who I was in God. Now, God speaks to everybody. There are examples in the Bible of God speaking to children, adults, believers, non-believers, dictating leaders, and even a donkey. So there's hope for us all yet. And how many times have you heard people bring, share their testimony of how they met God, and they'll say something like, I just knew I had to. I just knew I had to go to church that morning. I just knew I had to go and talk to that neighbor. God speaks to everybody. The difference is that we read in John 10 is that his sheep know his voice. When we are filled with the Spirit, when we are baptized in him, we learn to recognize his voice. We know it's not just intuition. It's not just a funny feeling about something. We know it's the voice of God, and we grow in hearing that, and we can grow in that gift. Now, words of knowledge, that's, that's more specific. That's hearing God on a specific detail about something. And this can really open up people. If you know something about them that you couldn't know, they're suddenly, they're, they're listening. Now, we had a, an experience recently. Keith and I are trying to put our money where our mouth is, aren't we? And uh, we, we started going out into Durham and just seeing what God does. Now, the first time we did this, in my head I was thinking beforehand, are we just going to wander around aimlessly and then come home and think, well, that was a bit of a waste of an hour. So before we went in, I said, God, what do you want us to do while we're there? And I just got this flash of a picture in my head of one of the stalls in the indoor market. And it went as quick as it came, and I thought, was that me? Was that God? But anyway, I said to Keith, well, I think we'd better go to this stall and just see what happens. So I'd done my bit. Remember teamwork? I'd done my bit. I'd listened to God. So I thought, right, Keith's good at chatting. I said, we'll go and we'll see what God wants you to say. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, we we went up to this this stall and the lady at the stall, uh, Keith just said, we're Christians. We're from Emmanuel Church. We just wondered if we can pray for anything for you. Well, she just started opening up to us about illnesses in her family, things, things that she was worried about, and just relished the fact that we'd gone in and offered to pray with her. And, and it was amazing because in the whole time that we were there, nobody else came around the store. As soon as we'd finished, the people started coming. And it was just like, yeah, God, you just held everybody back so she could have that moment. Now, the, the nice thing is we can then go back we're hoping to go back in a couple of weeks and just say, how how are things? And kind of hope to build a a bit of a relationship. But it was God dropping that thought. And that's how simple a word of knowledge can be. That it's, it's yeah, it's as simple as that flash that comes into your mind that you think, oh, hang on, was that God? You follow it and you see, sometimes it's it's just a thought. But when we follow that and we see through actually, that God had led us to that bit. We were we were so excited about it, weren't we? <laughs> Do you want to share your your work? Yeah, we'll, or are you going to we'll go on to the on next one? Uh, you know, oh, we're rushing through. We're, we're, we're running over. Everyone's <laughs> looking nervously at his watch. <laughs> so, healings and miracles. Okay, again, we're grouping these two mm-hmm. together. Healings and miracles. There is a world out there, and there are some people in here for whom they need a miracle of healing. Okay, mm-hmm. and uh, it's really really easy to live in a place where we, if we're praying for them or for themselves, where we can just see the situation, okay? And God brings in this gift, the gift of miracles and the gift of healing. God can break in. Now, we will pray for anyone who needs healing, okay? We don't need to wait for something, uh, you know, special. We, we'll pray for anyone. But sometimes God breaks in with a, with just an amazing kind of... Now is the time, go and pray for that person, and they will be healed. And so you've just got this amazing sort of, oh, I need to go and do this. 
Okay? And so God will heal people. God does heal people. God is an amazingly loving Father who wants to bring people into a place of health and wholeness. And that is what he does. And sometimes it will be just through our faithfulness in prayer. And other times it will be because suddenly there has been a a rise of something within us. That kind of that momentary gift of... I've got this gift for you, Keith. It's a gift of healing. I want you now to go and pray for this person and they will be healed. And as we step out, they will be healed. So my encouragement to you with healings and miracles Mm -hmm. is pray for everyone, but seek God for a gift Mm -hmm. of healing. Seek God for that gift of, I want to move in miracles, in the miraculous. I want to go further in terms of what I've seen God doing. I've ever seen before. And uh, do you want to share the testimony from, uh, from the, another Zoom call? Yeah, you can tell when these took place, can't you? <laughs> yeah, I was on a, um, it was a Zoom call particularly for um, healing. So people had been invited onto the, the call who needed healing. And so the, the call started and we were just told to ask God what he wanted to do, what he wanted to heal in that time. And and again, I had just had a flashing picture go come into my head. In fact, it was two that I thought went together. And one was, of, it was almost like the bones at the base of somebody's spine that I saw. And I saw a goalpost. So I, I just said, I shared that, that I thought that somebody had a, um, a pain at the bottom of their spine. It had come from a football injury. I think actually I might have played it safe and said a sports injury which I shouldn't have done. <laughs> but uh, so I said that and there was kind of blank on the screen, nothing. I thought, okay, that might have just been the cheese. Anyway, the call went on and then about 10 minutes later, one of the guys on the call just interrupted me said, can I tell you what's just happened? And he said, at the moment that Sally shared that word of knowledge, my son walked through the room. He heard it and he said, dad, that's me. And so he'd vanished off the, the screen for a little while. Said, so I've prayed for him and his back's better. <laughs> so again, that's teamwork. <laughs> um, shall I just go on to the next? Yeah. So the, the next gift is the gift of faith. This goes hand in hand with healings and miracles. And it's different to the faith that is a, the, the faith that we're saved by. It, and also the faith that kind of grows as we get used to um, kind of seeing God work. But this is a faith that that's that faith in the moment. And I've heard it described as it being not just faith in God, but the faith of God. It's that faith that you know that at that moment God is saying, do this, I'm going to work, I'm going to move. And when we grow in that faith, actually all the other um, gifts, we're going to grow in more because the Bible tells us that those, those gifts, we grow in them to the measure of our faith. So we need to be praying for faith. We need to be praying that we grow in that area so that actually the, the other gifts will grow, that we'll begin to move from seeing um, headaches going, to cancer being healed, to the dead being raised. Haven't done that one yet. <laughs> and discerning. <laughs> yes, so the last gift that we, uh, that we want to mention is uh, the discerning of spirits. Now, we are surrounded, we live in, a, in a, both a physical, earthly realm, but we are also part of a spiritual realm. There is a spiritual realm. And for those people that have been through the Freedom in Christ course, you'll know about worldview and how different parts of the world have a much greater understanding and appreciation of the spiritual realm than, than some others. So here in the West, we tend to have quite a scientific thought process. So, yeah, we try and rationalize things. And so the spiritual realm is perhaps less less prominent in our thinking than maybe it should be. We are in, we do live in a spiritual realm. There is, there is good and there is evil. Now, let's just be clear, evil is defeated. It is a defeated kingdom. It is a defeated enemy. And, uh, you know, whilst he might try and distract us, the word that, uh, that John brought, no, sorry, it was Bethany brought, about digging the, uh, the hole on Palace Green, you know, the enemy will try and distract us from what God has mm. called us to do, but he can't stop us. 
He can't actually put us into a place of loss. All he can do is distract us, and we can rise above all his things, all his distractions, all the things he tries to do, because we are victorious in Christ Jesus, okay? However, we need to be aware of the spiritual realm, and we need to be able to discern what is God, what is us, and what is the enemy, okay? And there are things that happen in life that actually, that's the enemy trying to distract us. And we need to be able to discern that, both for ourselves, but also for others. And we just support one another. And we say, yeah, I'm not sure that, that's right. Let's pray. Let's bring a release. Let's pray that God will, 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 will show you the way. And we see this on the Freedom in Christ Steps Day quite a lot, where we see people and they say, I have lived this way for so long. And what I've realized is that that thing is a distraction of the enemy. And it's just become normal to me. And it's just become part of my life. Well, let's cut it off. Let's separate it. Let's throw it away so that you can live in the freedom that Christ has for you. So it's important we we get to a place of being able to discern what is God, what is us, and what is the enemy, so that we are not distracted and we can keep our eyes fixed on all that Jesus has for us. So therefore, every gift is for every person. Every gift is a tool to enable us to forcibly advance the kingdom. Yes, we can experience and enjoy Holy Spirit because he's amazing and we want to just experience him and enjoy him. But he equips us so that we can go out there and see the desperate, desperate situation of the world brought into surrender to God and see people getting saved, see lives being transformed, see people brought into healing and so on. That is why we have the gifts of the Spirit. It's not just for us so that we feel good. It's so that we can go out there and do what God has commissioned us to do. We're going to invite the band back. And then we're just going to pray. Uh, do you want to? Yeah, the word that Bethany brought us. We were very, very excited by that, Bethany. <laughs> we are the diggers in that picture. We are all the diggers. It's not just one or two. We're all the diggers. We might be digging in different places. We might be digging in different ways. But God wants each of us to be ready, to be prepared, to be equipped to advance his kingdom. So can I invite you to stand? I'm going to pray over us. During the the prayer meeting this morning... God just dropped a simple phrase into my mind, and that is, what happens today changes tomorrow. Tomorrow being more than just Monday. God doesn't want us to leave here the same. However many gifts you have come with this morning, God wants to add to them. If you have never experienced the Holy Spirit or any of the gifts, God wants to equip you this morning. God is here. The Holy Spirit wants to encounter you. Tina led us in a moment of just reflecting on the Almighty God being among us, filling us, and that is what he wants to do. So as I pray over us, be like Bethany, receiving those gifts. Hold your hands out. He has so much for you. He will teach you how to use them. He will show you what to do. So Holy Spirit, we we thank you that you are here. And we invite you to come and flood each one of us to well up within us. For your spirit to take us into new levels with you. Father, we pray for that releasing of the gift of tongues 
For any person in this room who has never experienced that, Lord, I pray an impartation this morning for the release of that gift. For lips to be unleashed for you, Lord. I pray, fill each person's mouth. And Lord, we pray for gifts of prophecy, words of knowledge, words of wisdom to flow from people. That people would have your words to speak to one another, your words to speak to their friends, your words to speak to the people they meet in the street. The words of heaven to bring release into people's lives, to set captives free. And Father, we pray for gifts of healing and miracles and for the faith to see those things, Lord Jesus. Father, we pray, we thank you for what we have seen in these areas, God, but we cry out for more. We want to see more, Lord Jesus. We are not satisfied. And Father, we pray for that discerning of spirits that we might see your truth in all things. So Holy Spirit, we invite you to come to fill this place this morning, to do more than we have seen you do before, to do new things in each of us, to change us so that we leave this place different to how we arrived this morning. We leave it with greater equipping, with a greater measure of your spirit, with a greater anointing. And Father, I pray that as we leave this place, tomorrow will be changed, that we will approach tomorrow differently, that we will approach our friends differently. We will approach life with a different mindset, with a mindset of kingdom building, a mindset of knowing that we are empowered, of knowing that we are those who are called to rule and reign under you, Lord Jesus. So I pray, Father, that you would open our eyes to all that you have called us to, and that, Father, we would not hold back from you. We would not resist you, but we would follow you passionately, that we would be running excited to receive from you, celebrating all that you have for us. So, Lord, we pray that release of your spirit over this place in Jesus' name. Amen. I just want to invite, if you have, at some point, if you have been like Sam and rejected part of what Holy Spirit has for us, I just want to invite you to, to come out and we'll pray with you come out just humbly in repentance we'll pray with you because those gifts are for you so if you have rejected a gift thinking that's not for me I don't want that then just come out be brave come out we will pray with you and you can be released into all that God has for you thank you